I was advised today that temperatures might reach 100 degrees and that I should consider canceling my appearance here. Well, I considered that for a few seconds and then I, I thought, I'm no country club congressman. I have traveled throughout this great state all summer long. Yeah, if you had to catch cats for a living, we'd be in trouble. I couldn't do it. I'd have to have a team and several nets. <laughs> like uh, cartoon-sized uh, oh, yeah, nets? Those, yeah, cartoon-sized butterfly nets. Just out there trying to swipe them. That would be a nightmare job. Yeah. <laughs> Catching any animal sounds tough, but just like collecting stray cats. Yeah, in particular, collecting stray cats. But they're out there, though. If you want to catch them, they're for the taken. Gotta catch them all. Sometimes if you just feed them, like, ham or turkey, <laughs> they'll come into your apartment and you can just trap them inside like I did. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's how I got my cat. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay for a cat. They're out there for free. That's that's just being smart. Yeah. It's being budget conscious, which enough people aren't today. Well, I think that's especially important when you don't have income. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to read the buttons that said cocaine bear for president. Yeah, that's uh that's who we wrote in. Okay. Uh which party's he with? Um, I don't know. Probably he's probably a Republican. You think he's not just in like his own cocaine party? Uh, he might be. I just, you know, when I think of Cocaine Bear, I think of, like, 80s excess, Wall Street. So that's what you voted for? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. You just said you did. You said that's who you wrote in. I know, I lied. Okay, well, you were under oath, so now you're going to federal prison. That's not how it works. Politicians can say whatever they want. Yeah, but you were under oath. Remember when I swore you in on that Bible before we started recording? Uh, yes, but I have no respect for the Bible. Let's see, you gotta take that up with your new cellmate. You're, you're busted. <laughs> if there's anything that today's uh, film has taught me, it's that uh, politicians can never be trusted. And, uh, you know. You just learned that from this film? Yeah. <laughs> Before now, I thought they could all be trusted. You thought everything was great. Yeah. You little fool. Well, I'm glad you've opened your eyes because you're um, a sheep. <laughs> you were a sheep at one point. Did, did we ever talk about on the podcast that my dad called my mom a sheep once? No. <laughs> I don't remember what it was about because I wasn't there. I heard this secondhand through my brother. So. Uh, excellent. Yeah. She tried to throw it back in his face the other night, though, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> now you get to see all the uh, tension between your parents yeah, again. it's like, uh, I think it's why I never really liked Everybody Loves Raymond, because it just felt like a very tense relationship, and I'd already experienced that. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, this isn't funny. This is just upsetting. Let's watch Seinfeld. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah politics oh yeah this, we, we got them uh you know we just went through five weeks of fright but yeah. really what's more frightening than politics that's true that's so a, this is our sixth week of fright yeah it's our sixth week of fright it's our erection eve special yes well, uh, tomorrow's the election because we're releasing this on a monday yes and to, of course everybody will listen to it the day that it's released well whenever you listen to it go vote tomorrow yeah, even Just show up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ignore the fact that like uh, a Bring large it. percentage of people will have already voted by then anyway, and go out and vote again because they probably got it wrong. Yeah, vote again. Let's <laughs> let's muddy up the waters. Yeah, I don't like how clear everything's been lately. I really would like more uncertainty in the world. <laughs> um. But we're going to go back to a simpler time today when people were held accountable for their words and actions. Yes. Uh, the the, the days the mid when... 80s. Yes, the, the mid-80s when somebody like uh, Nicholas Stern would be held accountable for their actions oh, eventually, yeah. perhaps. Perhaps. He definitely didn't. He Actually, we don't even know if that ruined the election. We don't, actually. Because they didn't... 
We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome once again to the Raincoat Report. Yes, hello. Uh, it's our weekly podcast where we talk about capturing cats and uh, cocaine bears and uh, voting. Oh, yeah, and that too. Yeah, sometimes pornography if we ever get to it. Yes. Uh, so this is Boss once again here with Jeremy. Hey. So yeah, uh, politics, Erection Eve. It's that time of the every four years again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back around. Um, uh, we're going to be monitoring the polls all night. Yes. Feverishly. Uh, um, we'll let you know who's won by the end of the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are uh, recording this live. Yes, it's very live. Uh, like, And we'll we'll know the results at the end of the show, despite the fact that this is going up the day before the election. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, maybe, maybe you could... Uh, it's all fake news, though. Oh, yeah. So, really... The, there's one serious, uh, reliable source of news, and that's at Raincoat Report on Twitter and at Raincoat Report on Instagram yeah. and Raincoat Report on Facebook. Yeah, please if like it's... the Facebook page. No one has. It's quite sad. I'm not paying them $5 to boost a post. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember uh, when I when I made the page for our, uh, our movie projects, Yeah, uh, I get reminders constantly about how i haven't posted and how they want me to pay five dollars to advertise to, to boost your two-year-old post right <laughs> okay good so uh, money well spent yeah totally <clears throat> so yeah uh follow those maybe we'll have real-time updates during the uh election night from yeah. uh from our raincoat report social media yeah the night before the night before in the night of in the night of it's I mean, old. what else are you doing? You're, I'm, I'm putting you in charge of, okay, uh, doing all of the election, uh, electioneering, electioneering. Yeah, I'm your, uh, your right hand man. I'm your little Roger Stone. You just put me in your pocket and carry me around. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a mole rat. <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, we're today talking about the film Public Affairs. Uh, which is a film from 1983, yeah. directed by Henri Pichard, a.k.a. Ron Sullivan. I actually knew that coming in. Henri Pichard is one of my favorite directors of uh, hardcore pornography of the era. Yeah. We haven't really gotten the chance to uh, go over any of his films yet, but... I would like to watch more. This one is great. Yeah, he uh, he does great work. Um some other films of his uh, that are noteworthy. Um, he did one of the Devil and Miss Jones sequels, one okay. or two. I think he might have done two and three, maybe. Um, he did Matinee Idol, which got a release by Vinegar Syndrome. Um, he did. He directed the sex scenes in uh roberta finley's mascara uh which we briefly mentioned in the altar of lust episode i can't remember back that far but i'm sure we did yeah uh she talked about how when she was directing porn her least favorite thing was actually filming the sex oh, okay. scenes okay i remember that yeah. so she hired uh him when the, she did uh mascara just to specifically direct the sex scenes in it um, it's all coming back now because you repeated it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he was born as Ron Sullivan, but his uh, his porn name was Henri Pichard. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a great director, and we'll get back around to uh, more of his stuff. Um, some other key names in this film. Um, some repeat appearances from last week uh seeing as last week we had like everybody in the world in that movie yeah um paul thomas is nicholas stern he was in uh dracula sucks he was in pretty peaches and some other stuff i think this is yes. the first time i've seen him play a lead okay yeah um and i wasn't really sure of his acting abilities based on the other movies because you'd only have like three minute scenes but he he carried this movie really well i thought yeah for sure um annette haven who is also in Dracula Sucks. Yes. Um, she plays the female lead in this, as she more or less did in Dracula Sucks as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's some other names. Kelly Nichols, who was in Corruption. Yeah. Um, Joey Silvera, who has been in some other stuff we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, he was in Pretty Peaches. Yeah. You know him when you see him. Arbola, or Robert Kerman. Yeah. Uh, George Payne is in yeah, this. Yeah, George Payne's in it. I was going yeah. From, uh, Corruption and, uh, Driller. Driller, yeah. <laughs> it's um, around. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, that's uh, some of the key people, and uh, we'll talk about more along the way. But um, this is, you know, of course, a uh, mid-80s political drama. Yeah. Oh, don't forget uh, Larry Ravine, cinematographer. Oh, yes. Uh, cinematography by Larry Ravine. Yeah, very the great good. Larry Ravine. It looks great still. He, he did a good job. Uh, excellent stuff indeed. This uh, film was uh, written or co-written with Henri Pichard by Joyce Snyder, mm-hmm. uh, who did an interview on Vinegar Syndrome's Blu-ray release of this yeah, film. I watched that. It was good. It was revealing. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, she talked about how she originally wanted Larry Ravine to be the director, but uh, Henri Pichard convinced her uh that he would be better for getting distribution but larry ended up being the uh cinematographer so that's true they got uh, the best of both worlds uh it was a good interview i mostly got hung up at the end where she was like pitching her like new like sex book about being like a femdom like a dominatrix to seniors yes <laughs> uh which i was like okay well maybe we'll toss that one on the book club pile yeah it's I was... not self-published yeah yeah <laughs> She she did make a big uh, point of that, which I mean, it's that's cool. It's cool. <clears throat> if I wrote a book, it would probably have to be self published. So. Yeah. But uh, honestly, though, when she talked about it, I was kind of interested in reading it. Right. It seems like it would be yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm very curious about it. Um, Henri Pichard wanted uh, John Leslie to play the lead. Uh, and he mentioned that he didn't care for Paul Thomas, but it turned out that he had actually never worked with Paul Thomas. And uh, so Joyce Snyder ended up talking Henri Pichard into using Paul Thomas. And uh, after two days of working with him, Henri said that he loved Paul Thomas, and they ended up uh, making a production partnership, which led to Paul Thomas's career in producing and directing porn, which he continued to do for a long long time she also mentioned how uh when marketing the film one of the big things is being able to get foreign distribution yeah uh when trying to sell it to germany germany the film itself seemed a bit tame for germany's taste but the distributor pointed out a particular shot in the film yeah. uh where there was a sweat on elvira's back yeah on that haven's back while yeah, she's I- uh, banging Joey Silvera, and I, that really did catch my eye while I was watching it too. So yeah, I made a I made a specific note about it when I was watching it. Yeah. I remembered it from the first time I saw it as well. So yeah. it's thank, a notable shot. Thank you, Messrs. Um, Pichard and uh, Ravine. Indeed, <laughs> the what a... the sweat drop felt round the world. <laughs> what what a what a beautiful erotic shot of sweat during a bunch of heavy sexing yeah beautiful stuff also shot on her on joyce snyder's canopy bed uh yes (laughs) that's also true uh i would definitely you know if i were in the uh business of making porn films i would definitely try not to have all the sex happen in my house or Mm. any of the sex happen in my house but uh you know you got that big sectional though I do, but I don't want it covered in cum. We'll just put a, some plastic down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> towels. Just coat it in. That's attractive in a film would be just a couch coated in towels. <laughs> <laughs> just various patterns and sizes yeah, and stuff. Just crusted over with uh, <laughs> the day's, uh, the remains of the day. <laughs> uh, give to us our daily seed. <laughs> Uh, so on that note, uh, that's a little bit of background information, but, uh, let's get you prepared for the political, uh, intrigue of public affairs. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about the film. Together we can clean up Times Square. 
Women no longer have to be afraid to walk down our once beautiful 42nd Street with private and corporate and foreign investment. We can turn these perverted porno zones into a fine and glorious community that we can all share and grow in together. Thank you. We looked at it and we said, well, we don't need this couch anymore. So I just dragged it out onto the lawn and left it there. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it broke while I was pushing it. Like the legs splintered and fell off. <laughs> well, enjoy that, old landlord. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, yeah, you dick. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about public affairs. So, Public Affairs opens with uh, kind of a, a montage of uh, Nicholas Stern on the campaign trail. Um, we see Nicholas Stern giving a speech intercut with uh, people who are his volunteers, uh, hammering signs together and stuff like that. Um, Nicholas Stern is running for U.S. Senator. From um, New York. From New York. Um, he is running on the platform of uh, cleaning up New York. Yeah. He wants to turn it from a, a porno town into something respectable. He's, I, don't, uh, I don't like that. He's uh, a champion of uh, women. They should have had Jamie Gillis in here like opposing him as like a protester for sleazy old New York. Yeah. He should have been the incumbent senator. Yeah. I was thinking he could have been like a Travis Bickle style character. Oh, that, that like would a, be cool too. Like a pro porn vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll save that for one of ours. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, you know, this brain of mine. We're going to have to resurrect uh, Jamie Gillis to be in it, but I think it'll be worth it in the long run. Let's just invest some money and make like a deep fake of Jamie Gillis. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you stay on top of things. Excellent. We also get to see Tommy Corona, who is uh, Nicholas Stern's friend and bus driver and uh, assistant in his campaign, and uh, played by Joey Silvera. Mm -hmm. Finally, the uh, speech by Nick Stern uh, that's been going on over this uh, montage ends, and he goes into his bus. We see Nick in his bus, and he plays with this mic in the back of his bus this becomes kind of an important uh yeah uh mechanic in the film yeah and that he nicholas is having a lot of trouble figuring out how to use it properly um there is a button that he can press to use the mic to talk to just tommy in the front of the bus there's also a button he can press that acts as a uh, pa that uh announces what he's saying in the bus outside of the bus over loudspeakers. It seems like a bad... Unless he's just making, like, mobile speeches, that doesn't seem like a very useful function. Yeah, I think the idea is that they, they drive the bus around and sometimes he just yells things out to everybody. That sounds like I something guess. he would do. Um, Joyce made a point in the uh, interview that uh, apparently people, like, would just kind of wandered up off on from the street to be like, oh, who's this guy? You know, we oh, like what yeah. he's saying. Uh, how do we vote for him and all that shit? I don't know if that's true, but that it's a sounds, good story. I mean, it <clears> sounds <throat> totally believable, especially in like the mid '80s. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, I could see it working now. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, People yeah. don't know what's going on, but a lot of them like to pretend they know what's going on. Yeah. So like, they'll be out there and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I know Nicholas Stern. I heard a lot about him." And yeah. that's how Borat keeps tricking us. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So anyway, Nick is trying to talk to Tommy in the front of the bus and ask him if the um, news crews are outside, but he's accidentally turned on the PA, and uh, uh, everybody outside the bus heard that. Tommy alerts him of this, and he hits the button to switch it so that only Tommy can hear him. Um, in addition to Nicholas in the back of this bus, uh, Jody is with him. Jody is uh, 
helping Nick along with his campaign and is also uh, having a relationship with him, as at least a sexual relationship. That's our first Annette. That's Annette Hines. Uh, yes, Annette Hines we plays Jody. We have Duel and uh, Annettes in this film. Excellent. Yes. One was not enough. No, not for, not for America. That's right. In the 80s, the, the excess that you love. <laughs> the bus stops again, uh, and Nicholas steps out and addresses the crowd. So we get more speeches. Uh, we get another speech out of him talking about ending sexual depravity and prostitution. Uh, as he's going on, we get introduced to Elvira Lawrence, our second Annette, Annette Haven. Uh, she's a reporter who's covering the event and talking on air to the news crew. Along the way, it's mentioned that uh, Nicholas Stern's bus is called the Sternmobile. Mm. Uh, important note. Yeah, that's what Daniel Stern also drives. <laughs> he bought it off of uh, Henri Pichard. Excellent. Yeah, he just drives that around New York all day looking for chuds. <laughs> Say don't laugh at your own jokes, but sometimes you gotta. Oh boy. Uh, no, I think that if a joke's good enough, uh, if you haven't like said it a million times, like a stand-up comedian going through a routine, I think that if a joke's good enough, you're gonna laugh at it. Yeah, too. I'm barely made it through it. As it came through my mind and came out <laughs> of my mouth, I was already cracking up. Um. So yeah, Stern's going on about converting these porno zones into vibrant communities i don't think he should get rid of our porno zones i agree i think we need those in a city um just for diversity exactly you got to have a place you know in the city there's your little your chinatown your little italy what are you gonna do without the porno zone that's where they all meet and harmony occurs yeah that's what seventh street is in louisville <laughs> yeah there's all kinds down there there certainly are all kinds down you, there you got your whites uh, you're, uh, there's a lot of whites in Kentucky. I looked up the percentage of the population and it was like 87.7% white. Really? Yeah. I uh, guess, yeah, I, I don't think about think, it that way because we're in like Louisville, which is right much more diverse than the rest of the state. Really gone off on a tangent. Let's uh, get back to the chuds. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Daniel Stern, uh, was looking for chuds in the Stern mobile. Uh, meanwhile, Nicholas Stern uh, is trying to get rid of our damn porno zones, this motherfucker. Oh, yeah, that's what I was mad about. Um, he, he he makes the statement, which I think he says a few times in this film, ask not what Nicholas Stern can do for you, ask what you can do to help elect Nicholas Stern. So Nicholas gets back on the Stern mobile with Jody, and Jody gets him a drink. Nick says that he's ready, he needs a release. So she asks him if he wants her to blow him and come in her mouth. And he says, yeah, just don't get it on my suit. <laughs> so he's sipping his drink and <laughs> he's like, come on, give me hard. So while this is going on, Tommy's trying to talk to him from the cab uh, through, the mic through the microphone that Tommy has. Right. And Nick finally answers, uh, pressing the wrong button again. Jody's blowing him and he keeps running uh, he's really obnoxious this whole time uh with his sexual chatter yeah he's very uh he's not good at his dirty talk it's really pretty it's some of the lowest level and also she's really doesn't seem into it at all no that's that's a, a key point here she's yeah. like going along with it but she's not enthusiastic at all No, when she's like do you want to come in my mouth it's very She's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm not into this. I'm from Kansas. He's like, come on, suck my cock. Fuck me with your mouth. Uh, he also calls her Judy, and she corrects him that her name is Jody. Nick lets her know that he wants to take her back to the office and fuck her in the ass. But in the meantime, he wants her to keep him hard by blowing him. As this is going on, we get some uh, back-and-forth cuts to Mary Beth Von Holenwohl and her husband Fritz. 
Uh, she's by the pool with him, uh, and their phone rings. Uh, Fritz is upset that their employees aren't answering the phone, but it's Saturday and they're off. So it turns out that Nick was calling Fritz to tell him that things are going good, and uh, he noted that Elvira covered it on the news, again in that Haven's character. Right. We learn here that Fritz is buying Nicholas, more or less, uh, running for Senate. So mm-hmm. Fritz and Nicholas are in cahoots for some shady shit, and Fritz is helping bankroll everything. Uh, we'll get more into the specifics later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, during this whole phone conversation, Nick is continuing to get blown the whole time. He talks about fucking... Uh, jody in the ass and she asks him if it'll hurt and he says it's up to her (laughs) oh boy um so they get back to the office and nick waves to people as he's walking in and then he goes into his private office with jody and then he just hands her a jar of vaseline (laughs) and so jody's like asking him if they can do it somewhere else more comfy and he says that he is missing himself on the news and uh, hurry up, basically. Yeah. That sounds like someone we know. <laughs> <laughs> someone very familiar in politics today. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so we see some news footage as uh, Mary Beth von Hollenwall is watching the news. Uh, Mary Beth von Hollenwall is uh, played by uh, uh, Kelly Nichols. And Fritz, her husband, is played by Arbola, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Robert Kerman, uh, but typically goes credited as Arbola in his adult films, uh, including here. Uh, in the news coverage, we see how Nicholas Stern is being championed as a, a defender of women's rights, and we immediately cut from that to him fucking Jody in the ass. Uh, she, of course, seems uncertain about all of this. It's a very powerful political statement. Yes. So uh, one of the great pieces of satire of our time. Indeed. Really, all these politicians want us to keep them hard for a little bit, and then they're going to take us back to their office and fuck us in the ass. Don't do it in the streets eventually. Yeah. They're, getting, we, they're getting real bold. Yeah. They used to have to pretend to be good people, and now they don't anymore. Yeah. It's just all out in the open. Yeah. It's a, it's a refreshing kind of nightmare. So, during all of this, we kind of cut back and forth between uh, Nicholas Stern fucking Jody and uh, Mary Beth and Fritz watching the news. The news coverage mentions that Nicholas's campaign was financed by Fritz von Hollenwall. Yeah. Uh, who they also note is married to Mary Beth, mm-hmm. who was an heiress to an oil tycoon. So, she is uh, the primary financier really here she is providing the money and her husband is the one giving it up basically yeah it's a man's world as as this all goes on finally nicholas finishes uh fucking jody and tommy goes knocking on nicholas's office door um and uh nicholas says i came in your ass (laughs) (laughs) uh before finally answering the door for tommy nick tells Tommy that he needs to throw a party and explains that Fritz is bringing some oil sheiks into town and a good blowjob could lead to him getting $100,000 for his campaign. Yeah, um, the quote is, one blowjob from the right bimbo could be worth (laughs) $100,000. Tommy seems unsure of where to get the women for this, but Nicholas explains that he shouldn't call hookers, but get college girls willing to do anything for the country. Yeah, he's kind of... So this predates uh, old Slick Willie getting uh, blowy in the uh, Oval Office. Yes. Do you think... He seems like kind of like a porn hound. Do you think he saw this film? Um, Perhaps. It seems likely. Yeah. And but... he's, he's like, that's a pretty good idea there. Uh, I mean, odds are this was always going on. Right. Uh, he just Willie got, was just the one who got caught. Yeah, he got caught with his Willie out. Yeah, and his cigar somewhere it shouldn't have been. Oh, man, that's so weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just had that thought last night. I was like, this predates that. I was like, maybe he saw this and was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My uh, Bill Clinton impression isn't very good, but as we've established before, um, way back on episode one, I can't really do an impression. 
I didn't realize you were trying to do an impression. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> we see Fritz leaving Mary Beth to go to Nicholas's party, and we cut to Nicholas's party. Um, he's an entertaining guest and, you know, being the life of the party, telling stories as he kind of fondles Jody, who's sitting on his lap. Um, and he talks about how he helped pass this law that nullified the disclosure of land ownership that was required of foreign investors. Yeah, so the Alien Lands Act. Yes. Yes. So, really, the idea here is that Fritz has been financing Nicholas's campaign because Nicholas is doing things that help Fritz and uh, these uh, oil tycoons that he's in bed with uh, buy up property and uh, real estate in the U.S. Uh, as much as they want, yes. whereas before they had limits on what they could uh, own. Yeah, it's a it's a big scandal. Indeed. Indeed, um, it's the kind of thing that'll could even ruin an election. <laughs> um, that's chic though he's just in brown face uh, yes there is a man in brown face who's playing a chic yes uh, and then there's also a chic's bodyguard who was he uh, in brown face uh, fixated on his giant tie I'm gonna assume that he was <laughs> uh, if I don't remember for sure, but if I had to make a bet, I would bet on him being somebody in brown face. I know he had one of those like little, uh, like Arafat, like head checkered. Uh, I don't know what they're actually called. Yeah, the particular uh, style of headdress. Mm-hmm. So I figured he was probably, but everything else about him was pretty distracting. So I didn't even notice his face. <laughs> So, as this is all going on, Nick asks Jody if she's ever had a young lady pleasure her before. She says no, and he suggests that she lets this pretty young thing over here pleasure her. So, one of the volunteer girls for the party with curly black hair starts going down on Jody. As this is uh, going on, Fritz and Nicholas are talking to one another, and... Uh, Fritz asks Nick if he has set a date for his wedding yet, and Nicholas says that he hasn't. Um, they talk about how it will not only show uh, how much he respects women, but how romantic he is. He immediately tells the volunteer girl to put a finger in Jody's ass. Yes. Uh, Well-timed. Yes, once again, great political satire. So... Uh, Nicholas and Fritz are getting blown side by side by these volunteer girls. The uh, Sheik and the bodyguard get involved in all of this. Nicholas tells uh, the Sheik's bodyguard that he can fuck the girls that are blowing them, noting that it's only being a good host. So, Fritz it, then starts fucking the girl who was blowing him. Um, and then I think the Sheik's bodyguard starts getting blown by her, and... There's uh, a lot of fucking going on. Uh, a lot Jody, of sucking, a lot of fucking. Yeah, Jody is still getting worked on by this girl, but is disapprovingly watching all of this go mm, on. Just having the worst time at this party. Yeah, for somebody receiving oral sex, she's having a real bad time. Yeah, her face, she really sells it. So, after all of this, and everybody finishes and comes all over the place... Uh, in the next scene, we see Stern outside his bus announcing his engagement to Nanette Collier, a socialite. Uh, Nanette is uh, played by Joyce Snyder, the uh, co-writer. Yes. I want to call quick attention back to the end of that last scene. Uh, yes. Uh, Nick Stern keeps telling the blonde woman he's fucking how nice her hair is. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, just grabs her hair and just starts jerking off into it eventually. He's being like, I want to fuck your hair. I wanna f and so it's just oh, yeah. further sealing that he's not really much of a ladies' man. Yeah, doesn't he end up coming in her hair, basically? Yes, and he drops a huge load on his suit that he had demanded stay clean. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> a good point. So Jody hears this announcement that Nicholas is getting married and is pissed by it. Yes. Because uh, uh, apparently she thought that perhaps she was the uh, important lady in Nicholas's life. Yeah, I know. Um, but in reality, had... Nicholas has no important ladies in his life. It's true. I think they had made mention earlier that they had 
maybe used to be engaged at one point. Oh, I didn't I think catch on that. The, yeah, I think on the news uh, cast they had earlier that I think they were engaged in like the late 60s, but uh, things didn't work out. Was that not about Mary Beth? Oh, yes. Sorry. But I don't think you mentioned it earlier anyway. I didn't, no. Okay. Well, this episode's going to be real Frankenstein together. Uh, no, we'll just, we'll leave it. Cut it's it. Fine. <laughs> so, upon hearing this, Jody goes out of the bus and goes to Elvira and starts to tell her that Nick's not who they think he is and he does very bad things to women. Uh, as she's going on about this, uh, Tommy shows up and intercepts her and sends her back to the bus. Uh, Elvira is very suspicious of what just happens and yeah. uh, is upset that Tommy stopped her from talking. Um, she does just kind of shout, like, please listen, it's a conspiracy, which is maybe not the way to get people to believe you. It's not the best opening argument. Uh, so after all of this, uh, Henry, Elvira's partner, played by George Payne, mm -hmm who uh, is somewhat introduced here. I believe he might have been on screen before, but hadn't really talked. Uh, Henry tells Elvira that she should look into this Tommy Corona guy uh, and to check not just public records, but criminal records. So from here, we get to another scene where Elvira calls up Tommy and tells him that she wants to meet with him. So they're walking around the streets, and she asks him about his history, and... Basically, what we find out is that Tommy had been locked up for procuring and robbery. Uh, essentially, he's a pimp, as she summarizes it. He tries to say that he's not, but then he describes what he was doing and realizes that he was. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like I just bring people together. It's a common need. Yeah. So... Uh, Essentially, what had happened was that he was spending time in Rikers while Nicholas was visiting, uh, while doing something for justice reform, and it was at that point that uh, Nicholas and Tommy were introduced to each other, and uh, after Nicholas got out of jail, uh, or after Tommy got out of jail, Nicholas gave him an opportunity to be part of his campaign, and uh Tommy's very thankful and feels uh, grateful to Nicholas for that and feels uh, a level of... Uh, indebtedness. Yes, indebtedness to uh, Nicholas for all of this. So as they're talking about all of this, we then cut to Tommy and Elvira at Elvira's place. Uh, they're having wine and continuing their conversation. As this goes on, uh, Henry calls and leaves a message to Elvira to call him. Uh, and then we immediately cut from this to Tommy and Elvira naked in bed. So this whole conversation went apparently very well. Um, this is, uh, of course, Joyce Snyder's canopy bed that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yes. Um, so Soaked in sweat. Yes. So they have a, a nice long sex session here, some oral 69ing. Oh, when they start 69ing, uh, Tommy turns his head away from her vagina and uh she's a bit offended by this but tommy tells her uh he doesn't do that he's italian yeah he's italian <laughs> so she keeps forcing it in his face and finally he does it and she encourages him and talks him through it basically uh then they basically do it some missionary sex some doggy style and this is when we get that shot that we talked about earlier where there's just this nice shot of the uh, sweat beating on uh, on uh, Elvira's back as uh, yeah. Tommy's doing her from behind. Yeah, really giving uh, it to her. Really giving it to her. But it's a very artistic shot. I'll give it credit for that. Because, yes. again, we both made note of it separately before we even heard the story about the German distributors who pointed it out <laughs> as well. Yeah, everyone loves it. It's a great scene. Five-star shot. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, finally, he pulls out and comes on her back, and they're both very sweaty. So, we get another montage of Nick on the campaign trail, going around talking about fighting against smut, and then cutting to him getting blown and flirting with campaign volunteers. We also get some shots of Jody snooping around the campaign, and uh, Tommy and Elvira spending time together. 
She's really pumping him for information. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get another scene where Henry and Elvira are talking about Nicholas Stern. Henry talks about how Nicholas graduated from Harvard, reads to the blind, and there's no negative uh, news about him at all. But Elvira explains the Alien Lands Purchase Act, uh, which is, again, what we had just talked about, about uh, legal disclosures about foreign land ownership. The stuff that gets us all riled up and out in the streets. So Henry basically downplays it because he doesn't think that it's really something that anybody's going to care about, but she kind of sees the bigger implications of it. Um, We also see Fritz and Nicholas Stern talking. Fritz is concerned that Elvira keeps bringing up Fritz on the news and in the paper. Uh, Nicholas says he doesn't have to worry about her. Uh, As they're talking, we see Priscilla Hasselhoff come in. Uh, Priscilla Hasselhoff is played by Chelsea Blake. She's upset that the Stern Act doesn't go far enough for what she wants. And then she goes on this rant about women being the superior sex, talking about how women need to strap on their dildos and fuck men's puckered asses and all this other stuff. And have, like, weights tied to their balls and stuff like (laughs) that. And I think that's the agenda we need. Yeah, I think a little bit more of that would put a little bit of balance in our political spectrum. I think so. I'm going to support the Stern Act. Uh, yes, if, um, if if it goes that far, yes. When I'm out in the polling place, in the poll booth tomorrow, or tonight, because I am told you I'm bringing live updates. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and I told you, we'll know who wins by the end of the show. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it. Excellent. Thank you. I'm going to... I lost my train of thought. Uh, you're going to support the Stern Act and I'm get... support the Stern Act. I'm going to write it in instead of that amendment that fucking Frazier keeps trying to push. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> and the horse you rode in on. After all of this anti-man stuff, uh, Stern and Fritz start fucking Priscilla. <laughs> Uh, as Nick's fucking her, he says, you sure you don't do anal? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as this going on, we also cut to Jody, who's playing with a tape recorder, uh, going through, uh, some, some speeches and stuff. And, you know, we get a bunch of montage stuff of, uh, Nicholas on the campaign road and stuff while him and Fritz, uh, while it keeps cutting back to him and Fritz fucking Priscilla. Yeah. Some good. Uh, a couple good montages in this film. Yes. Uh, makes you feel like a lot more happened than actually did. Yes. Uh, did you notice the weird echo? Was there an echo effect when they were fucking uh, Priscilla? Perhaps. It seemed like, I think, I think that's the right sex scene. Yeah. There's just like a weird echo effect on their voices, like as it goes through like the montage and stuff. I thought it was an odd choice, but maybe I had an auditory hallucination <laughs> since you don't seem to know what I'm talking about. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't make note of it. I didn't, I don't, I might not have picked up on it. You're more focused on the plot. I'm the person who has to like find like the really odd details and <laughs> try to explore them. I think my problem is like, I'm trying to type the whole time. And because of that in some, in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm picking apart some really specific details, but I'm also missing out on stuff the whole time. Well, let's get a stenographer. Let's hire a stenographer to just <laughs> type out everything in the movies for us. This sounds like a great idea. I mean, they're usually pretty short. We wouldn't have to pay them like that much if they work by like the hour. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Just a couple hours a week. If you want to be our stenographer, uh, send your application to raincoatreport at gmail.com. Excellent. We see Jody reading a paper and she's upset saying he's going to win. Uh, all of the news coverage about Stern has been pretty positive. We then see Mary Beth von Hollenwall uh, waiting up for Fritz, upset that he's late. You know, Fritz comes home and turns the conversation to him being upset that Elvira's asking questions about him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Beth explains that she was waiting up for Fritz and they get in bed. Uh, Fritz is completely naked and she's dressed, uh, you know, at least in bed clothes. Uh, he tries to go straight to sleep. But yeah, he drained himself earlier with uh, yeah, Priscilla. With, 
Yeah, yeah with, uh, yeah, <laughs> banging Priscilla. Uh, he's all tuckered out. Uh, but Mary Beth pulls the bed sheets up and starts blowing him. There's a bunch of German dirty talk here. I didn't make note of the lines, but I recall them being amusing. Yeah, there were things about how he wanted, because he was mad about uh, Elvira, and he's like, I want to fuck that TV bitch up the ass while you, while she licks your cunt and you suck my balls. And she's like, ah, I love romantic language, Deutsch. <laughs> yeah. the language of love. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, she's acting like he's talking romantically, but he's being gross. Yeah. Uh, one of the lines he says is, No, tonight you will swallow my semen. <laughs> yes, that was one. So he's fucking her mouth, and as she as he's doing it, she finds another woman's fake nail think, stuck to his body. I think that was one of Priscilla's. I think there's yeah. like a scene like where she's like waiting for the meeting, and she's like, it fell off, and she's playing with it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, that's, once again, that's why you got me here. Yeah, that's uh, that's why you're you're useful. <laughs> I'm calling the yeah. I'm calling. I'm like a referee. <laughs> yeah, I'm like time out. I know where that nail came on came from. I know who it came from. So, uh, Fritz finally finishes in Mary Beth's mouth, but she's kind of just holding that nail and staring at it. Uh, we cut to Jody, and Tommy comes by and wants her to go through Nick's speeches that they have on tape. As she's going through these tapes, she realizes that there's additional recordings on this tape after the speeches of Nick being gross on his bus. Uh, the tape recorder was still running, basically. Yeah. Um, we hear the scene from the beginning with him and Jody where uh, he's talking about her blowing, the, blowing him and him fucking her in the ass. So Jody takes this tape and brings it to Elvira. Tommy then confronts Jody about this. I'm not sure how he found out that she brought Elvira the tape, but apparently she he did. Tommy then tells Elvira that she has no right to interfere with Nick's personal life because she's going to report on this uh, gross behavior of Nick. Elvira says, I do when he's campaigning for women's votes while he fucks them up the ass. <laughs> uh, she talks about how he's a liar and a hypocrite. Uh, Tommy talks about how Nick's the best thing that's ever happened to him, and Elvira tries to tell him that he's not, but uh, he doesn't seem to see it. We then see a shot later of Tommy calling Elvira, but he gets her machine. So we then see Tommy creeping into Elvira's apartment with a flashlight, uh, opening drawers and snooping around. He finally yeah. finds the tapes in uh, her dresser drawer. And so he gets a hold of him, but then Elvira comes into her apartment, so Tommy hides under her bed. Uh, Elvira's there with Henry, and uh, Elvira's trying to tell Henry that she has more dirt on Nick, but Henry teases her about the alien law, because again, he didn't see that as something that was going to get much of a headline or anything. It made the sixth page of the New York Times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, as she's talking to Henry, she walks into her bedroom and notices the drawer open with no tape there, and she kind of stops for a moment. Henry then urges her to take a shower with him. Uh, he has to go soon for something. I can't remember what. No, he just, he, he just is a train to catch. Uh, so Henry urges her to take a shower with him. Uh, she finally agrees. We get a good close-up of George Payne's cock as he's stroking it with soap, yeah. really filling up the screen. It would have been 100 feet high in a movie theater. <laughs> um, but it was a good shot. Um, then she uh, grabs his dick and strokes it a bit, and she gets in the shower with him, but he asks her to keep her panties on in the shower. Yeah. And she also keeps her stockings and garter belt on. Um, I get this as a porno, but come on. Yeah. No <laughs> one's asking for that, right? I don't think so. Like, uh, I, I can I can get into lingerie and stuff, but I feel like once you've gotten in the shower, it's a little bit much. It's all wet. They fool around in the shower, touching on each other, and then they get out of the shower, and she bends over in front of the sink, and F Henry fucks her from behind, finally coming on her ass after really just a couple minutes. Afterwards, he frantically walks out apologizing, saying he'll be better next time, I guess because he was fast, but he was also in a rush anyway. Yeah. Um, but he tells her 
to take off her wet stuff and wipe the cum off her ass as he's frantically redressing and yes. then leaves. Yeah, I made a note of that, too. Uh, so Elvira frustratedly walks back into the bathroom and closes the door this time. It's worth noting that the door was open during this whole scene, so Tommy didn't have any chance to get out from under the bed and leave. I feel like they might have been distracted enough that he could have snuck out. He was just hanging around at that point. Yeah, especially when they were actually in the shower. Yeah. Once they were out of the shower, it might have been a little more dicey. 50-50, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, so Tommy leaves. We cut back to him at the office at night, and he, he's playing the tape on their tape, re- or their tape player. And he's kind of looking a little distressed at what he hears, but he ends up taking the tape off and just kind of uh, pulls it off the reel to destroy it. So we cut to a shot during the day, and Tommy's watching as a woman walks into Nick's office. Uh, She's blowing him as he's making political calls. Um, He finishes the call and says he has to go and calls Tommy in. We cut to Elvira, who's at her office frustrated, saying he's going to win, much like Jody was earlier. Then we see Mary Beth von Hollenwall. Again, in her kitchen in lingerie as the news is playing, talking about Nick being ahead in the polls as she's drinking wine. Then we get a cutaway uh, flashback scene. Uh, It's Nicholas in a tux uh, and Mary Beth um, in a car together. Um, I'm assuming this is when they were young and probably when they were, I guess, engaged. Right. uh, As it was mentioned on the news earlier. She is giving him a hand job with one gloved hand and one bare hand. He's talking her through it, and uh, she stops and says she can't do it, but he's continuing to pressure her and being kind of a dick. He tells her that he really loves her. He tells her uh, he's going to finish law school, and he also tells her, I love you, I really do. She explains to him that she can only marry a man who's registered, a high society type. Uh, She says if she loved him, she'd go all the way with him, but she couldn't even finish that. So she tells him not to be cross with her, but he calls her a bitch. Yeah, and you get to see uh, Paul Thomas's dick shrivel shrivel in real time. So we cut back to Mary Beth. She's watching TV, obviously. She, she had been uh, thinking back to that time in her life. We see Tommy and Nick talking outside the Sternmobile, and then Nick enters the Sternmobile. They're going to Carnegie Hall for the big debate before the election. But Mary Beth is waiting for him inside the Sternmobile. Nicholas asks what she's doing there, and she tells him that it's the one place she knew that he would be, but Fritz wouldn't be. Nicholas tells Mary Beth that she was the one thing he always wanted, but she was never nice to him. She says she wanted to know where her money was going, again, because she is the breadwinner in the relationship and Fritz is giving him all that money. Yes. He says she should have married him. She asks why, so he could have a member of society suck him off. He gets a little frustrated with that statement, but then he starts sexually bossing her around. She goes along with it. He has her stand up and tells her to pull up her dress so he can see her cunt, as he puts Mm -hmm. it. She asks if he wants her to get wet for him. Then he asks her to suck him off. He's, as usual, being very chatty about the whole thing. Yeah. Of course, this ends up being the uh, end of him. Of course. So we see Elvira waiting outside the venue. Again, she's going to do her news reporting on this big debate. On the bus, we see Nicholas sit down and Mary Beth starts riding him. It's at this point uh, that it becomes obvious what's about to happen. Uh, We see Tommy's driving around the bus and he realizes that all of the sound of the sex in the back of the bus is coming out of the loudspeaker. So Tommy hears what happens and doesn't know what to do at first, so he starts trying to talk through the loudspeaker as if to cover up all the sex sounds. But it only helps a little bit. Uh, as the Sternmobile pulls up in front of Carnegie Hall, where a bunch of people are lined up to uh, greet Stern arriving to the debate, we hear uh, the sex sounds coming out of the bus. 
say, please fuck me, Congressman Stern. Make that Senator Stern bitch. People outside are disgusted. Spread your cheeks wide. I want to come all over your asshole, you fucking cunt. I've waited so long for this. Uh, the women outside the bus drop their signs and start walking away. As this is going on, Tommy and Elvira walk away together. As Elvira kisses Tommy's cheek, we freeze frame and then we get credits. Mm-hmm. And thus, theoretically, the career of Nicholas Stern has been uh, destroyed by Mary Beth. Hard to say, though. It's hard to say because uh, nowadays it seems like nothing can destroy a congressman's career. Yeah, and they. Or they any also, politician. They also really didn't um, have. I guess they didn't have the budget to show the election results. I guess, or perhaps they were just like, uh, nobody wants to see this. The sex is over. I wanted to, I want the extended cut. I want to see Stern's like those little bowler hats they wear, little <laughs> straw hats. I want to see him pull one down over someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the ending that I would have made. Yes. Uh, you could have had a scene where, uh, Mary Beth was riding Fritz's dong or something while the election was happening on the TV or something. Well, he wouldn't be able to get it up. He'd be going to jail probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for his uh, electioneering. That's that's true. His illegal erectioning. I was just trying to come up with a sex scene you could throw in to justify keeping the movie going. Because I know there's always that that, uh, worry about uh, keeping the raincoat crowd interested. Well, you know, they can walk out, but the real... The hardcore will stay till the very end. I mean, really, you just needed like one minute. You could have done it all in one minute. Yeah, but uh, but really, we're talking about some some very minor minor thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that is public affairs. So we'll take uh, another quick break here, and we'll be back for our final thoughts on public affairs. You promised to sponsor a tough national law, one that would break the balls off of every sleazy man who degrades and dominates women. Right on, Priscilla. Right on. Men try to control women because they secretly know that women are the superior sex, but men should be punished by the women they try to dominate. Oh, God. Uh, Women of the world should strap on their dildos and bugger their assholes till they cry with mercy. Cinder blocks to their balls. Drain their juices dry. Yes, finish me off. All right. Let me get to work. (laughs) All right, we're back here on the Raincoat Report. And, uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on public affairs? You know, I really liked it. It Just in a general sense, uh, I like the plot of it a lot as far as like a political type thriller it was pretty good it had little elements of like oh watergate and probably some other real world scandals that are maybe uh i don't know like one of the first like big sex scandals to like destroy someone's career occurred in the 80s but the names escape me i didn't do the research that's what but, we're known uh, for here yeah. on the <laughs> right our thorough independent research from uh we're independent journalists is what i like to call us uh, yes. Um, we're, uh, rogue historians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's very much kind of like, uh, it's a, I would say it's a good political, uh, kind of moral tale about the, the rise and possible fall of, uh, a sleazy congressperson. Yes. Uh, I think it really speaks definitely to the people of the eighties, but even today, um, with the increasing level of just blatant corruption that we see uh, in our political sphere. Uh, still a relevant film. Uh, wonderfully shot by Larry Ravine, directed by uh, Ron Sullivan, slash Henri Pichard. Like I said at the beginning, uh, I hadn't really seen Paul Thomas as like a lead before, but uh, this cemented to me that I think he could he can really carry a film. You know, like he brought a lot of the, the necessary sleaze to the character to really make you uh, not like him. Yeah. Uh, his dirty talk is some of the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that flashback early it just sealed it really because even back then he was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Annette Haven's good as our uh, intrepid investigative reporter. Yes. 
Annette Hines, a.k.a. Annette 2, as good as the uh, sort of the aid with a conscience kind yes. of deal. Um, she looks properly disgusted during all of the sex scenes where uh, Nick requires her to do uh, increasingly gross stuff for his pleasure alone. Yes. Uh, and her attempt to turn him in, even though it eventually came to nothing because Tommy Corona stole the tape, uh, is still good. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the plot's tight. The sex is great. Every actor does a fine job. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Excellent. Yes, it was excellent. I would agree with your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> it's boss's one word review. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really great film. It's well put together. Uh, it does a great job of serving as political satire. It, it's even really smart in a lot of ways that like that flashback scene uh, adds a lot of layers to. Nicholas Stern's character, at least one layer, I guess, but yeah, uh, it kind of shows that, you know, early in his life, Nicholas Stern was rejected for not being a member of society. So he went out of his way to go through law school and uh, rise up through the ranks of society, so to speak, and kind of did so perhaps in spite of uh, uh, Mary Beth's uh, rejection early in his mm, life. Yeah. And he has this whole uh, moment where he's finally getting everything that he wants, but in reality, his career is being ruined the whole time. Um, and it's a it's a great uh, piece of payback for all of the shitty stuff that he did. And you know, theoretically, it's ruined his career. Again, it's not explicitly stated, and perhaps the film would have uh, definitely benefited from uh, there being some more. A specific resolution Just there. Some, yeah, some exposition about the outcome. Right. But uh, it's 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 very good. Um, you know, you have Paul Thomas doing a great job of being a sleazebag, awful, awful person. Um, you have Joey Silvera as uh, kind of a character who has some level of conscience. Like, you can see that his motivations for being at Nick's side are because Nick has done a lot for him. So right. he feels loyalty towards him. You do see like a conflict arise in him though, like towards the end, yeah. I think. And that's, that's pretty good character development for porn. But at the same time, he never actually turns against him. Like, I guess really at the end when it, re when it turns out that he's totally fucked, he finally just walks away with Elvira. Yeah. But that's it. Even, even at the end, when he's being gross over the loudspeaker, Tommy's trying to cover for right. him still. So, on one hand, you could say that he's a very loyal bro and really tried to stick up for his guy. Yeah. But at the same time, his guy was shitty and he should have known better. But, you know, he finally turned in the end, I guess. So, I guess that's good. Yeah. He um, gets to go off with Annette Haven and have sweaty sex forever. Yeah. And, I mean, really, that's that's the ultimate happy ending. It's true. Um, you know, Annette Haven's great in this film. She, uh, she does good acting. She has great sex scenes. Uh, you, even our, uh, our kind of strange characters that show up like, uh, Priscilla, the, uh, militant feminist, right. uh, who just shows up to have one group sex scene after yelling about women and stuff. Yeah. Is, uh, she's a lot of fun. Uh, Arbola fritz he just shows up to do two sex scenes um and i mean uh, he's in some, so, some story stuff yeah, yeah some he's, exposition he's good but, though he's a he also seems pretty sleazy yeah he he does a good job uh george payne is henry you know he doesn't get a whole lot of time in the film but he does his part well and you see his giant soapy cock you do see his giant soapy cock and that was a great shot i loved it and then you have your racist caricatures of uh, Middle Eastern people. So you have that. Yeah. Um, stuff America loves. Uh, the Sheik was played by Jeffrey Wallace. And uh, the Sheik's bodyguard was David Sandler. So I bet they were both in brown face. Yeah, probably. Just based off of their names. You know, at, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot going for this film. So, yeah, I uh, I agree 
this is a four and a half star film. It's great. Excellent. All right. So uh, any last words you have about public affairs before we wrap it up? Um, I guess go out and vote. Uh, yes. I think that it's really important. If you haven't already done an early vote thing and you're like waiting last minute, just go do it. Yeah, go vote. We Wear a mask, though, please. <laughs> yes, don't don't go breathe on everybody. Uh, go vote. Uh, exercise your civic duty and don't make an ass of yourself. If, if there's going to be any sort of meddling in the election, we want it to be from the Raincoat Report audience going out and uh, making oh, yeah. a difference. Yeah, make, yeah, make a difference tomorrow. And if you're not hearing this on election day, make a difference tomorrow anyway. Uh, yes. If it's the middle of November, if it's next January or March, just go vote. Yeah, go vote regardless. Just go down to a middle school and demand the right to vote. Yeah, don't let anybody tell you that you don't have the right to vote, if no they, matter what day it is. If they try to turn you away, call us, and we will make sure you get to vote. Yeah, we will We will make sure you get to vote. Um, if they try to tell you you can't vote, go vote again. Just keep voting until they take your vote. Yeah. And, you know... Don't. Uh, don't let the Republicans take away your right to vote. Don't let the Republicans take away your right to vote as many times as you want. <laughs> yeah, don't let the politicians fuck you in the ass. At least unless you want them to. Yeah. In which case, go for it. But if you don't, don't let them do it. It's true. Stand up for yourself and don't forget your raincoat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>